Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug and these are my acute uh, mental neuroses as I stutter at the beginning of the show. Jesus Christ, it's like I intro every goddamn show and I cannot keep them straight where I want to say goodnight internet at the end of shooting the gap or I want to say shooting the gap instead of no applause, just the clap. That's that's a little difficult because it actually rhymes. Click on this. Click on this. There we go. Okay, on the list you cannot see, it's only... Once again, easy week. Um, not a lot of neuroses. I want to touch back on a, a, something I talked about last week. Um, there's some weird uh, pop culture shit I want to bring up, um, and and one that's it's kind of neurotic. Um, uh, and then just kind of a general update, guys. You know, it's once again this is an easy week. Uh, there's not a whole lot. There's only four things on the list you cannot see, and let's just jump right in. Um, so last week I talked about setting. Uh, what some thought were impossible standards for my co-workers. Um, it has come to my attention uh, in the last uh, week since I recorded, uh, there are totally possible standards. So hashtag yes possible. Basically, I had to drop a small box off at FedEx. And it was one of those where uh, my right home was like, well, why don't you just have one of the kids at work do it? Um, you know, so we don't, we don't have to go out of our way. And I went, well, it's not really out of our way. It's on our way home anyway. But um, that, you know, I don't trust any of them because, you know, I had to walk into the FedEx store and go, here you go. And then they couldn't scan it. And then they'd reprint the label. And I had the email for that. And um, I'd spend like a dollar of my own money on uh, some repackaging. Not a big deal, which I, I don't think they would have problems with, but they wouldn't have had the email. Um, so, I mean, I can't trust, it's not that I can't trust them, it's that they don't have the ability to, to, you know, I mean, they could have texted me and said, hey, do you have, you know, can you forward that to me? And then they got to wait and then they got to forward it to them and to FedEx rather to reprint and da, 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 da. That's fine. But the thing is, I said, well, I can't trust them because a couple weeks ago I had a coworker text me and say, um, I think there's something wrong with one of the, the pipelines at work. Um, I said, okay, go uh, talk to this woman that's in the building and just tell her to call the maintenance guy. That's it. Tell someone to call the maintenance guy. That's all you have to do. You have to walk the hundred feet to her office, say, Hey, can you call Alex? There's something wrong with the pipes. That's it. Next day I walk in, I said, Hey, whatever happened with that? Like did, um, the maintenance guy come in and she goes, Oh, I, I totally didn't even talk to her. I forgot. That's it. I used to do something that would literally take a minute of your time. And that's with the return trip, the hundred foot walking and a hundred foot back. I, I don't understand. So no, I don't think my um, standards are too high. I did talk to the girl uh, in question that I talked about last week. And I talked to her and I said, this is what I think is happening. I, th I said, I think I was micromanaging because we've had such a uh, onslaught of new people, a glut of new people that I've been in like constant trainer mode and I just couldn't snap out of it. And I was trying to kind of train you and micromanage like I would a new person. So we sorted it out. Um, my little social experiment of backing off seems to work. I passed that along to my, my girl Friday, my shift lead and said, Hey, this is how you handle this coworker. Just trusting that they can do your job, the, the job and that, you know, you don't need to nitpick them to death about the right and wrong, just trust they can do it. And if they actually do something wrong, they go, hey, you know, just, you know, like this is not the way to do that. And that's it. Um, so, you know, it, it got sorted. It got sorted. 
And as I look at my computer, there's something that I don't want to bring up on uh, No Plaza, Just the Clap. I'll, I'll bring it up here just for a little bit of anxiety's sake, is that I got the free upgrade to um, OS X Yosemite, and it's so not different, but Mac made everything simpler, and by doing so, they made it more difficult. And that is the Mac way. Is it's it's so simple, it's difficult. Um, combining tabs into buttons, and then you don't know where anything is, and there's not a real good walkthrough on their website. And I had to Google like 50 tips of Yosemite, and like you know 15 things I didn't know I could do with it, and so forth and so on. And one of the things is still that um, they don't have support for a few things, and I'm constantly having to look for different um, onboard apps or what they used to call widgets, um, but onboard apps for my um, kind of the stats of my computer so I can see what the processor is doing, how much RAM I'm using um, at current, and to free it up because... It just makes the computer run better. So, um, you know, that's been a source of, of interesting anxiety of, uh, I believe, um, shooting the gap last week, or two weeks ago, rather. Um, none of this time travel bullshit. So, um, you know, it was kind of the first show that we recorded where they'd kind of changed how everything looked. And thankfully, GarageBand didn't change uh, much on the Yosemite um Update, it did change a lot on the Mavericks website's uh, uh, OS changeover. So, but I've adjusted. Um, once again, I'm, I'm running a new um, onboard app. I'm just keeping an eye on it. Not that it needs to be kept an eye on. So speaking of keeping an eye on things, the November prep. Um, kind of like I said, I'd be updating as I got closer and closer to November, which is at time of recording a couple weeks away. Um, I'll be working on the last variant of the season. We're going to go out with a bang with Sin City. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we might be running a week ahead. I don't know if I'll have the time to throw another one up. I'm going to try to update the website the last week of October, and then that'll be that. Um, I am behind on jotting down my novel notes. Um, it's just one of those, the day job is like a whiny needy child and it's just taking up so much more of my time um but i'm gonna be uh backing up the whole computer at the end of uh october to be ready and i'm about halfway done with my notes for the novel with two weeks to go until november um luckily i'd already started writing the novel years uh, uh god yeah really now years ago um so the first uh kind of chapter um the first short story is is basically almost done um, it's about three quarters done. So luckily, like I can, you know, that, that'll, and there are people yelling in the background, but uh, hey, at least it's in English and not Russian, although Russian adds an air of mystique now, doesn't it? So yeah, I'm, you know, hopefully I'm going to have the time to put together one last variant and put the notes together and that'll be that. Going back to a, a constant thing that I talk about with time, I've been rewatching um, the 1990s Flash as, you know, it, the 2014 Flash made me very nostalgic. And I talked about this on No Applause, Just the Clap. But then I started thinking about, because my brain wanders, about the biological limits of super speed. And I'm not, I'm not talking scientifically in terms of, you know, that when the Flash mainlines the speed force, it protects him from all the physical stuff like the relativistic weight gain, um... Or that, you know, the, 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 he doesn't have to intake a lot of calories because his body's burning off. The speed force 
um, balances his metabolism and stops him from the friction of heat when he runs that fast and moves that fast. But I was peeing. Let's just be honest here, people. I was peeing and going, this is something the Flash could not do at super speed. You can't pee at super... I mean, you could force it, but I mean, really, the the pee is not super speed. He has to stand there and pee. Um, other bodily functions, I'm like, well, they're all musculatory, you know, I mean pooping and coming and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and really sex would be very bizarre because I mean, the, the, the person he'd be having sex with wouldn't be protected. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he can extend his speed force aura. I, I don't know if that's a thing. I think, I think, um, you know, pre flashpoint, um, pre rebirth, uh, Wally West flash could, could do that. So he could have, you know, hypersonic sex, but you know, I don't know what the effects of that would be on on his uh, girlfriend, fiance, wife, depending on where you hit in the in, in the uh, in the canon. But these are the things that occur to me, people. And lastly, speaking of the Wally West Flash, because uh, he's one of my favorite characters, I had uh, I have the entire Mark Wade run in singles. I had almost the entire Jeff Johns run up to Rebirth in trade paperbacks. Now I say trade paperbacks. I've been listening to a lot of Phoebe which is Four Eyes and a Beard, uh, the podcast on uh, it's a joint venture with Nerdist and Smodco. Um, and it's got Scott Mosier, who uh, many would know as the, the producer on um, Every Come Smith movie, and he's the co-host of, of Smodcast. But he, it's kind of a podcast greatest second bananas. Um, it's Matt Myra from the Nerdist podcast and Scott Mosier from Smodcast. And they have, and it's a wonderful show. It's completely fantastic. I love Love hearing them just fall down these weird rabbit holes of Canadian assassins and um, buying horses. So, but I've noticed that Matt Myra keeps saying graphic novel. I read the graphic novel Batman R.I.P. That's not a graphic novel. It's a trade paperback. Now, I'm going to explain the difference because it annoys the living fuck out of me when people mistake graphic novel and trade paperback. And this is something that Deb's done, where I'm like, no, 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 let me describe the difference. A graphic novel is almost like a one-shot. I mean, it can be multiple books, um, chapters, so to speak, of the graphic novel. But to use an example, uh, Arkham Asylum is a graphic novel. It's approximately, I think, about 90 pages, and it was written beginning, middle, end. Um, One book. Um, Earth 2, uh, once again by Grant Morrison, is um, a graphic novel. Um, whereas the stuff I read, uh, like the Jeff Johns run on, on The Flash, where it's a collection of six issues, that is a trade paperback. See the difference? It's like a self-contained idea versus a collection of single issues. Now, yes, those single issues form one storyline, issues 1 through 6, 7 through 12, whatever it is. But the fact that it is a collection makes it a trade paperback, not a graphic novel. So, Matt Myra, I'm sure you're not listening to this, and I, I don't know how often you've done it, but please stop saying graphic novel versus, you know, it's what you're reading are trade paperbacks. Unless you are reading graphic novels, that's fine. You can, more power to you. I think more people should read them. I mean, it's like Harvey Peeker said, comics are nothing but words and pictures. You can do anything with words and pictures. You know, but I think with this rise of the nerd culture and Barnes and Noble not being able to keep, you know, people would say, "Oh, Dark Knight and Watchmen, their greatest graphic novels." No, they're fucking not. 
No, they're not. They're trade paperbacks. They're trade paperbacks, people. They're collections. So get your shit straight. Because you know what the worst thing you can do to a nerd is? Fuck up his obsession. That's what was saying. Fuck. That's it. That's it. All right, fine. Fuck it. One more thing. So I was, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, uh, that they're going to be rebooting or relaunching or re- whatevering uh, Ghostbusters, right? Male, female. I give a rat's ass. I mean, uh, not. Uh, I mean, I, I don't care if that it's all female. If it's a good story uh, and it's funny and it's well executed, I will see it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't care that they're they're rebooting it. It's like yeah, whatever. Fucking who gives a shit? Here's my thing. So I've I've been kind of you know eyeballing. Uh, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters 2 I, I used to think was superior oh how wrong I am oh how wrong I am or was here's what takes me out of Ghostbusters 2 it's not that there's a haunted painting it's pretty much the last half hour and there are two big points on this and I'm going to work backwards from, from the end of the move the end of that last half hour to the beginning of that half hour right so the two things one cheesy fucking ass ending that they slammed the Vigo uh, poster you always want to say Vigo Mortison and not Vigo the Carpathian but it's Vigo the Carpathian um, you know move Ray we like to shoot the monster now that whole thing but that they like slammed the painting and, and Vigo Mortison like uh, Vigo see I, I did it right there Vigo the Carpathian like melts off and it's like the, the this like Da Vincian uh, by way of like Norman Rockwell painting of the four Ghostbusters and the angelic child named Oscar. There's never going to be an angel named Oscar. Once again, poor bastard was named after a hot dog. You're not going to name an angel after a hot dog unless he's like the patron saint of hot dogs. Then he'd be, well, then he'd be a saint, Saint Oscar. That's fine. That's totally fine. Saint of processed meats, great of of hooves and assholes and lips formed in delicious little things that you put into bread. But they're not sandwiches. Hot dogs aren't sandwiches. Um, or the complete. Uh, a hot dog assembly is not sandwiches um, are not sandwiches is not a sandwich I just think I referred to the hot dogs in the fourth person but anyway so the whole um, the whole angelic painting coming at the end uh, was just stupid just stupid and there's no one that's going to disagree with me no one that's in their right mind that's not doped to the gills on antipsychotics in a padded room somewhere with a you know, jacket that makes you hug yourself. You're not going to disagree with me unless you're actually fucking crazy, right? Right. Okay. So they slime the uh, the insides of the Statue of Liberty. Now I get that there's a whole bunch of ghost shit going on, so they're going to be able to bypass security to get to the Statue of Liberty probably fairly easily. Plus, the mayor's probably going to give them a bunch of special permissions. I get it. I get it. Fine. But my two things with the Statue of Liberty are one, how. I'm sorry, uninspired, truly uninspired, is the statue will be walking through New York. It's like they went, okay, we have the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and that's fucking clever and funny, and it's awesome. They're like, well, you know, what else can we have walk through New York? What's big? Oh, hey, look out the window. There's that thing. Let's do that. No, it's uninspired. It's not clever. And two, they act as if they are steering it. I don't understand. Like, obviously, they were they when when they get slimed in in that sewer river, they are not in control of their emotions. So, if you slime the um, 
inside of Statue of Liberty and put on, I always say Good Vibrations by No, it's, it's I, I believe it's Walking on Sunshine, which just makes me think of that very sad, very sad dog episode of Futurama. But, uh, so, you know, they blast Walking on Sunshine or wherever the fuck it was, um, and how are they steering it? Like, wouldn't it just dance out on Ellis Island? It, like, I, it, the, 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 the brass balls that you just assume, like, I can't suspend my belief there. I'm sorry. Um, or, or I cannot suspend my disbelief. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My disbelief unsuspended. It's all over the goddamn place. So much, uh, disbelief. So, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop a fucking vein. I, I can feel all the blood rushing to my head as I get, uh, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting like twitchy and like, like Lewis Black hand motions. Like, I'm just like, ah, oh, God fucking damn it. Um, it, it's, it's, it's right up there with, like, all of a sudden Vicky Vale being in the Batcave of the 1989 Batman. And it's like, what the fuck is Alfred thinking? One of the most clandestine secrets in the literature is Batman's secret identity. And, like, here's fucking Kim Basinger. Don't trust her. She was a fucking Bond girl. She was in Cool World. You know what? That should automatically not let her be Batman's girlfriend. Because Batman would not date a fucking girl who's in Cool World. That's bullshit. Holy crap. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta fucking calm down. I gotta smoke a cigarette or something. So, holy shit. So, from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug. And from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been, ho-ho, the neuroses. Good night, internet. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!